Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Kev's here and in place for Casey, the one, the only, the vivacious, the talented, Brad Kloffenstein-Stein. Hello, Brad. Thank you, Rob. Great to see you. Um, All right. So we're going to start. Boy, we have a wild and wacky show for you today, but we're going to start with something pretty serious, and that is the condition of the southern border. And I think, Brad, and, and, and you will appreciate this, I developed my border policy from a guy that I know you know and admire, and that is Dr. Michael Munger. And he is the chief economist at Duke University, yes. leading libertarian across the country, formerly ran for governor of North Carolina as a libertarian. And I heard him say this years ago, and I have always thought this was a great way to describe what we should want as a country. And I think whether you're a Democrat, a libertarian, or Republican, this is a sensical policy, if you were to say, describe it in, in a few words, and that is a big wall with a very wide gate. I've said that often on these airwaves. And what that means is we want to be a country. We are a country that is built on being accepting. We are a country that is built on diversity. We are a country that is built on people coming here and making us better. And so by those standards, you want to have a very wide gate that people can walk through. But walking through that gate should have meaning and we have a vested interest as a society in knowing who comes in knowing who goes and ensuring that the people who come here one are safe and two are people who want to assimilate into american society and american norms and want to participate in american culture Right. It should be no different than RSVPing for an event that does not have an admission charge, yet you do need to grab a ticket ahead of time. That is such a great way. By the way, coming up a little later on the show, since I knew Brad was going to be filling in today, I think we're going to do one of the most fun segments we've ever done, which is how much of your life have you spent drinking? Like if you were to say, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about like, okay, you went out to dinner and you had a beer. I'm saying how much of your life have you spent where drinking was the center point. Either you were going to the bars, or you were going to the frat house, or you were hanging out with your buddies, or drinking was the central thing. If you could get all of that time back, how much of your life would you get back? So we're going to do that a little later in the show. But um, one of the, I think this should be concerning to every single American, which is that the Biden administration is wholly invested in mass illegal immigration and they're not even trying to stop it at this point. They're not even putting up the perception that they're trying to stop it. Rob, here's what I don't understand. What is the end game? What is there to be gained by just letting in mass all these people across the border without having them check in? I, I you know, it, well, you're a smart guy, Brad. I, I would like too, to think so. Is that a rhetorical question? Because obviously the end game is they believe this will produce a generation of reliably Democrat voters who, if from the day they get in this country, are totally dependent upon government services and Biden is the president handing said services out, then that will create a whole group group of people who will for 25, 30, 40 years until they figure out what it's like to live under communist regime will be voting for for Democrats. Is it really just that simple? I why else? Why I, else? I guess they, they do say the simplest answer is the, the most probable and I gosh, I can't 
I, I Isn't can't that gross? Fath- it is gross. I cannot fathom this. I mean, I was raised to where uh, I'm a small government guy, yes. but the government should have few functions, but do them well. Securing the border is one of those three or four functions that goes along with national defense, making sure people aren't overrunning our borders. And to think that they're just going to abdicate that responsibility in the name of thinking that they're going to acquire some votes over the next generation um that's sick yeah and and one of the reasons i like having you on is you are what i describe as the rational libertarian which is you are it doesn't matter i could be the rational conservative the (laughs) rational liberal i am the rational person in the room rob well and by that i mean there are so many people in the libertarian party who are just totally crazy on borders and they're open borders and people should we should have no idea who's coming and going and that's just a total non-starter but you recognize because you're a common sense person that the policy should be let's welcome people who want to be productive in America and let's 100% keep gangs, cartels, terrorists, all these people should be kept out. And the only way to do that is to have have a, a wall either, I mean, many of us think a physical wall, but at least at the very least, a virtual and human wall that keeps these people out of the country. And Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, he is the facilitator of this mass illegal immigration, which comes at the directive of the Biden administration. And it is, I mean, he was on all sorts of shows yesterday. We're going to play you this interview with some of this interview with Brett Baer. And it is so pathetic. And you and I have talked about this a lot over the years. When you see these politicians who know they're peddling bull crap and yet they're willing to go on these talk shows, Brad, and they're willing with a straight face to lie to the American people and have no, I mean, it's serial killer level of sociopathy slash narcissism that comes out of these people. It's because they think the general population is dumb and or not paying attention. Yeah, you're 100% right. Okay, so he was on, Mayorkas was on with Brett Bear yesterday and listen to this, Brad, accepting absolutely no blame for the record number, year over year over year, record number of illegal immigrants flooding into this country. You don't take as an administration or as the head of this department any blame for what we're seeing on the border currently. You don't think those numbers are extraordinary and that it's like the White House says, just the ebb and flow. These numbers are historic. There's eight rose bowls full of illegal immigrants that came across the border just since October 1st, Mr. Secretary. Brett. The numbers are historic. The numbers are extraordinarily large. This is something that is not specific to the United States' southern border. Uh, This is something that we are seeing throughout the hemisphere and throughout the world. We have an increase in authoritarian regimes. We have more extreme weather events that are driving people from their homes. We have poverty. And America is proving to be prosperous. So think his excuse for why there's, I mean, and it's not even close. The, the, we're over 3 million, the most recent data, under Trump. And it, it did vary from year to year. But at one point, 2017, Trump's first year was like three, 310,000 illegal immigrants. entering. The, we're 10 times, 10 times where we were in 2017, which is, what was that, six, six seven years ago? Yeah. It, it, it acted like, because that is 
Well, it's because of climate change that what? they're coming here, but it just got too hot in the South. I was listening to the uh, the Tony Katz interview with uh, Congresswoman Erin Houchin earlier today, and she put it in perspective. She's like, it's 8 million people. That's more than a million people more than live in the entire state of Indiana. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So more from Mayorkas, this interview with Brett Baer uh, says, so one of the arguments right now is how to how to deal with the southern border and the republicans in congress claim it's a priority now you know and i know brad the reality is the republican party absolutely 100 percent does not care about securing the southern border they're just as invested in mass illegal immigration as the democrats for a different reason they their big business backers want the mass illegal immigration but the republicans are as they usually do during an election year putting up some facade that they care about securing the southern border and one of the things they're doing is offering more money, but the money is tied to you cannot be just mass releasing illegal immigrants out into the wild, which is what's happening. Isn't that crazy, Brad? You can come into the country illegally. They process you and then they just release you not back to your country of origin, but to into this country and go, hey, you, you need to come back in two years. Good luck. Well, when you were gone, we were talking about it. Some of these people are getting that it says that they need to check back in in the year 2030. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you know, Kevin needs adult supervision 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Can you imagine if on this show, on January the 5th of uh, 2024, we looked at Kevin and said, Kevin, we are sending you out into the wild and you are to report back to us in on January 5th of 2030 what Kevin's life would be like if there was not us to keep an eye on Kevin. He will come back with a long, scraggly beard. (laughs) Yeah, I'd find my way to the wilderness and live there for a while. And and this is Kevin, who is a law-abiding, upstanding member of society who pays all his taxes. We're talking about this with illegal immigrants, Brad. That's what they're saying. You wouldn't do that with your neighbor or someone you care about, much less someone you have no idea who they are. Well, Rob, until people realize it doesn't matter whether they're Republicans or Democrats, it's all about power, and they really have no interest in solving this problem. Yeah, you're 100% right, Brad. So here is Mayorkas on Fox News saying he won't take more money from the Republicans if it means they can't release illegal immigrants into the country. But when you say that Republicans won't accept the extra funding, they have a problem with the funds being used to release and transport illegal immigrants around the country. So Congress is listening right now. Would you accept the extra funding on the condition that the funds could only be used for detention and removal, but not release into the country? Uh, Brett, the funds are needed to provide the Department of Homeland Security with more border patrol agents. The funds are needed to provide the Department of Homeland Security with more technology. The funds are needed to provide our department with more detention space, to provide the Department of Justice with more immigration judges so justice can be administered more swiftly. You have owned businesses. I have. You have run businesses. I have. And I'm guessing whether you were the owner of the business or running the business, um, you were given or came up with objectives of what the business was. Like the goal of having this business, obviously, ultimately, is to make money. But here's how we make 
the money. And there were central tenets to whatever that business was on how you're going to do the things that will make the money. Is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. And so you would think that being in charge of Homeland Security, of which the border is an integral part, that you would have a blueprint on how we're going to actually secure the border if indeed your job was to secure the border, which Homeland Security, that seems like that would be a job. Securing the southern border would be part of being director of Homeland Security. I would think that would be the very first thing. So if you've got a dry erase board, (laughs) step one, make us secure. Step two, stop terrorists. Yeah, and so the idea that he will not put not releasing illegal immigrants into the country as the top of that list when it comes to securing the southern border, absolutely unbelievable. One more clip here before we go to break. There is, it is believed 70%, Brad, of illegal immigrants are being released. 70% of the people who are coming in this country legally are then being essentially released into the country, and Mayorkas absolutely does not dispute the number. Would it be surprise you to hear that CBP sources say that currently they are releasing more than 70% of the migrants crossing every day, and sometimes more than that number, higher than 70%. Would that surprise you? It would not. Uh, it would not surprise me at all. I know the data, and I will tell you that when individuals are released, they are released into immigration enforcement proceedings. They are on alternatives to detention, and we have returned or removed a record number of individuals. We are enforcing the laws that Congress has well, passed. Say- so I've never been arrested, but uh, I think if I ever do get arrested, I'm going to ask for, quote, an alternative to detention. Yes, <laughs> you should just ask. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you, clearly, you're going to release me and have me check back in in the year 2030. Uh, officer, I, <laughs> I realize that you've caught me red-handed, but I would like an alternative to detention. All right, uh, Brad's in for Casey today. When we come back, uh, Brad, you're a recently married person. I am. I have a ring to prove it. And there is a life conundrum that one woman is facing with her upcoming wedding, and I will be totally curious to get your thoughts on this i think and you know i'm loath to side with women on anything but i think she's got a point on this one we'll talk about it when we come back it's kendall and casey show 93 wibc i was born down by the river yes now look i don't want to go on record as saying i'm happy whenever casey's not here i am gonna say though when casey's gone the bumper music that Kevin plays gets markedly better. It, does that mean that Kevin is sucking up to the other host more than you? I mean, the fact that Warren Zevon comes rip-roaring out of the gate on today's show. That's no coincidence, yeah. Kev. Yeah, I know. It's its because it's its your day. Yeah. And also, I forgot to wish you a happy birthday. I missed yep. it by a couple weeks. So um, <laughs> Now, if we can I'm get a Werewolves of London at some break, I might even give a howl. I love that. Oh, yeah. When the old that. lady's away, the boys will play. Yep. That's the slogan today on the Kindle. <laughs> Casey show. Uh, no, just kidding, Casey. We love you. Uh, Brad Kloffenstein Stein in for Casey today. So a life conundrum here that showed up on the Daily Mail of all places. And I wanted to run this by you, Brad, because you're recently married. And I think this woman has a point. But mm-hmm. uh, you're a voice of great reason. I will leave it up to you. So a woman posted on a, a, a social media site called Reddit. Are you familiar with Reddit? I've heard of Reddit. It's a total hellhole and all sorts of awful things take place there. But sometimes there's some interesting conversation so it's like going to the mall <laughs> basically it's like the virtual mall okay. yes yeah if you if lafayette square were still a thing uh yes it'd be the virtual lafayette square um so she is getting married or is engaged to be married and her to-be husband has a tattoo 
of his ex-girlfriend's name on his body and she is concerned about getting married to this guy as long as he still has another woman's name on his body i think she's got a point here no i'm not a tattoo person uh i have been involved with people who are tattoo people i've never been involved with someone who had someone else's name that was not a uh, a child or a mother or a loved one of some sort and never had a significant other but i think i would have a big problem marrying someone who has someone else's name on their body i would too and i'm with you i'm not a not a big tattoo person i typically have not dated people with tattoos yeah. um oh, this does remind me back in my beer selling days beer selling days beer selling yeah. days there was a, a girl who worked for us and she went out on the, you can't if you're on the youtube chat you can see this he just popped his knuckles like he did the the knuckles knuckle pop here as he's about that means he's very proud of the story he's about <laughs> <to> tell. <laughs> anytime it starts with there was a girl and then you pop the knuckles oh well, you're proud of that story you're about to tell oh dang straight so uh so anyhow <laughs> So she went out on a kind of a first date with some guy and they uh-huh. went on a little bit of a bender and she comes back and they got tattoos of oh, each other no. on their bodies. So it's which she got a boob tattoo oh, of no. his name. And yeah, as you can imagine, the relationship lasted all of about three weeks. Uh-huh. And, and then you're stuck. The whole time I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, this guy is going to be in the wind. Uh-huh. And at first she's like, well, no, I think he's a really great guy. I'm like, there's a lot of really great guys. How many really great guys have you gone out with for a month and then you've moved on to somebody else? Sure. And sure enough, I don't want to be the next guy getting in there. I mean... <laughs> Oh, what a great description, Brad. I'm going to put that in the Radio Hall of Fame somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, because so like I I, I, I long wondered this uh, when I was a, a, a younger man, because I was of the my age is when uh, people were getting all sorts of creative tattoos in a variety of different places. And they had uh, a bunch of eccentric names for these tattoos and I would, I later, I wondered because as I now my, I'm 40 people that I was hanging out with yeah. are uh, nearing that age at that time. How do they feel about those tattoos? Like, let's say you got one on the lower back, for example, that had a name for it. Everybody knew why that tattoo was there. Do you now, as a woman of 40 years old, let's say you have a couple kids and, I don't know, two or three ex-husbands, do you now regret that you made that choice that while it seemed wild and wacky and adventurous in the moment, you're now stuck with that forever? I went, Rob, there's a lot of things that I've been passionate about and that I have yeah. stood for in my lifetime, none of which do I want to commit to having imprinted yeah. on my body for Absolutely. the rest of my life because I at least recognize things change, mm-hmm. my body changes, yeah. and this, I might not feel the same way, and or this, in a lot of instances, this is not going to look the same right. 30 or 40 years from now. I'm not, Maybe I'm a commitment phobe. I don't want to commit to that. Yeah, and and we'll get out of here with this because and and we are a life advice show. I we mean, are. I, you know, I, we we serve a lot of different areas on this Kendall and Casey show, but I think the number one thing we are, Brad, is a life advice show. And I will tell you if you whether you are uh, 18 years old or 80 years old, any decision made in the moment based on interpersonal relations is probably not going to end well for you many years from now. I agree. But a choice that will end well for you is to stick around for the news because Kurt Darling has that coming up next. It's the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Go down and trouble 
and you need a helping Boy, I'll tell you what. I'm not advocating for Casey to never come back, but I'm saying on the bumper music alone, Casey's really going to need to shape up her music taste because it's just a it's just a happier day here on this program. This is not a happy song, man. This but is, it's James Taylor. Yeah, I thought women love James they Taylor. Do. They do. They do. They do. Okay. Just, Maybe heard. not those drunk music that, that you hung out with. For music all those you years. listen to after you've been dumped. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Kendall and Casey show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob. Brad's in for Casey. Kev's here. Uh, I have a, I've had a theory for many, many years on why this show, whatever form it has taken, has done so well. I think me and lots of others would be curious to hear this theory. Well, <laughs> I, as as you know, I mean, many, many people over the years have just actively cheered for my demise. I mean, I accept that every day when I come in here. Several of those are in this building. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's part of that's part of being me is that, you know, every day when you walk in here, you're and this was this way when I was an elected person that. There is no gray area with you, whether it was people who support you as an elected person or now listen as an audience. People are either listening because they desperately want you to fail or they desperately want you to succeed. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with that every day when I walk in here. I know that that is is hanging over me and, and my job is to produce not only to make the people who want me to succeed happy, but most of my motivation, Brad, is out of spite to make the people who want me to fail completely miserable. All of us need motivation from somewhere. But <laughs> from a very young age, Brad, spite was my primary motivator. Um, and it is carried with me into adulthood. But the, the point is, whether you listen because you want me to fail or you listen because you want me to succeed, you are drawn to this because of the personality that comes with the program and that is our goal that is why we are here whether it's tony whether it's this show whether tamara nigel our job is to keep for whatever reason and we all have different styles and different forms and different politics but our job is to keep as many people listening for as long long as we possibly can and we are seeing this play out now in college football where over the past several years college football in terms of television viewing has somewhat been on the decline because it has been largely regionalized to success of college football, and that is the SEC. Correct. Whether it's Georgia, whether it's Alabama, whether you know LSU has occasionally been in the mix, very rarely, but Auburn occasionally pops in there. It has been an SEC-dominated sport, and if you live in the South, hey, all great, sign me up for all that all day, every day. But that, that doesn't attract people in California. It doesn't attract people in Indiana other than if you're just a big-time college football fan. And now in college football, thanks to Michigan, we have a villain or a polarizing team, a polarizing head coach, where everybody is, much like this show, drawn to watch for one of two things. Either you're Michigan man, like uh, the barstool guy, Dave Portnoy, and you desperately want Michigan to succeed, or you're the rest of the country, and you desperately want that cheater Jim Harbaugh and that university to fail. Either way, it's great for college football, which is my theory on why they haven't thrown the book at Harbaugh yet, because they are getting huge amounts of people to watch, while while the rest of college football is not 
succeeding and continues to somewhat be on the decline as it has been. Anything Michigan this year has been gold for television viewership. Yeah, I agree. For for every superhero, i.e. Purdue basketball, you need a supervillain, i.e. Michigan football or Alabama football. But you're right, it, because everybody wants their chance to knock off that villain. Yeah, everybody knows what Harbaugh is. And even, you know, I always love the excuse for Michigan people. And I have several very good friends who are Michigan people. And I always just chuckle at the defense. It's like, dude, those guys are rule breakers. They know what they're doing. You can say the rules are stupid. I'm not even necessarily going to disagree with you, but there's rules here that I think are stupid. I think some of the standards we play by with the FCC are stupid, but you know what? If I break them, I'm out the door. You mean I've I, got a, I can't drop an F-bomb right you now? You cannot, Brad. Oh, man. And, and you know what? We're grown-ass men, Brad, and I think that's kind of stupid because I think the majority of the way societies change many of the rules or the things that govern decency are probably highly outdated. But the rules are the rules, and I know the rules each day when I enter the door. Same thing with Michigan. Is the stuff they're going after Harbaugh and Michigan for stupid and outdated? Yes, but the rules are the rules, and they knew the rules, and they're deliberately subverting the rules. Point of all this, though, is Michigan has been great for college football because that Alabama game, which was phenomenal, it was a great football game, even if it were too above board programs participating <laughs> in the process it was just a great football game it drew 32.8 million people that watched that which made it the most watched non-nfl sporting event since 2018 it was a great ball game and it happened in prime time yep. on new year's day yeah. so yeah it was the first of the two semifinals. it went to overtime i i told you during the break i was flipping back and forth i was following the game but when it got to the end of the fourth quarter i was watching that oh, game it was you it was it was and it wasn't one of these things like a lot of times and hammer will tell you this we bet on things to make us be interested in it. Like, you know, we bet on the the Nuggets and uh, Warriors game last night. Well, the only reason we did that is to give ourselves something to cheer for. This was not that. People were watching because they were genuinely captivated by this. And so by that standard, you have to say that whatever the NCAA or the Big Ten wants to say about Michigan and their bending of the rules, they are great for business. Because people are clearly it, the most watched sporting event other than an NFL, period. Not just college football. We're talking Olympics or NBA Finals or World Series or the Masters. This blew all of that out of the water unless it was an NFL event. Right. Had this been a Minnesota-Auburn Peach Bowl, it would not have had the viewership nor the interest just because neither one of those raises that villain status. Right. And it just... Yeah, this was two teams that one of them I really dislike, the other one I mildly dislike. <laughs> and, and yeah, you're like, gosh, I want them both to lose. Can this game go on forever? Um, and so it is It is proof. Controversy still sells in society. Controversial people still sell in society. Being able to successfully portray yourself as a villain to the part of the populace and as a hero to another part of the populace sells in society. So I just thought that was super interesting that for all the hand wringing and gum flapping over Harbaugh this and Michigan that the NCAA and the Big Ten are loving what Michigan is bringing to now, the table. Can you for them. explain one thing to me? Yes. So he was suspended for three Big Ten games yes. because they were scouting other yes. games. 
I thought that's what you do. You scout well, other teams. So this comes back to, is it stupid for what they're getting hung up in? And what happened was they allegedly had an assistant coach who allegedly was paying people to go to other teams' games and standing opposite their sideline so that they could, in some cases, allegedly either write down or film them in some cases so they would be able to get their signals so they would know what the other team is doing, whether defense or offensive formation that they're going to be in. I agree with you, Brad. This is a rule that was put in place in the mid-90s when many people barely had camcorders, much less a cell phone at their disposal where they could film everything. And every game was not on national television back then or cable television like it is today. It's a highly outdated rule, but again... There's a lot of highly outdated rules. We are still governed by Orson Welles doing the War of the Worlds, Brad. Yes, we Radio are. Radio is still governed by something Orson Welles did, whatever that was, 80-plus years ago. Is that stupid? Yes, but it's what you sign up for when you walk in this studio every single yes. day. Now, the best trolling that I saw this year was when Purdue played Michigan earlier in the season, and Purdue <laughs> Pete's on the sideline, and he's wearing an Ohio State cape <laughs> jacket thing, and he's got a camera focus over on the Michigan sideline. Yeah. I'm like, all right, that's pretty damn good right there. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Brad and I are going to play a game because Brad would be the perfect guy to play this with. And we kind of just got on this conversation off air and I thought, man, this would be perfect for on air. If you were t to take the amount of time you spent drinking in your life, how much time would you end up getting back? I have presents for this segment, too. <laughs> Perfect. By the way, when uh, I came in today, Kev's first words out of his mouth, I always check in with Kev, and he, uh, he's putting the audio together. Kev's first words were, do you think Brad brought us any beer today? <laughs> yeah, you always come with a little bit of beer. And I, I, I sometimes do. I, this is not one of those times, although uh, I do bring other gifts. That's probably best for me. <laughs> it is the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Oh my goodness, Todd Rokita will not stop talking. I mean, it's great for us. It's going to end terribly for him. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Brad's in for Casey. Kevin's here. Uh, the Todd Rokita is the gift that keeps on giving Brad. He is. He uh, is. He it is just unbelievable his inability to understand the legal world in which he now operates as attorney general and his unwillingness to just shut up and accept whatever punishment comes his way and it, he just keeps making it worse rob how many times have you thumbed your nose at the indiana supreme court uh zero I i'm zero also <laughs> and i'm not even an attorney <laughs> okay so if, if you're just if you're new to the party and we've covered this at length but it, we'll just reset it for you so todd rakita's attorney general uh he got in big trouble because he went on fox news uh and and ran his mouth uh, totally inappropriate to have done as chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana about an abortion doctor, an abortion she performed on an, uh, a, you know, a 10 year old girl. And uh, he was slapped on the wrist for that. He was essentially warned, reprimanded by right. the Supreme Court. There is a disciplinary commission that oversees lawyers in Indiana. Um, it's not a criminal court, but it governs lawyers and they have the ability to punish you to various levels that could up to and include take your law license. Um, Rokita was reprimanded by the court. Supreme Court is the deciding body. There's a, a commission, disciplinary commission, that makes recommendations to the court, and then the court will decide based on those recommendations. Think about this. It's a group of attorneys who look at another attorney and say, yeah. you're really making us look bad. Yeah, do you know, and do you know how <laughs> bad you have to be to make an attorney look bad? So the Supreme Court at the time, uh, based on Rokita's comments, it was a three to two 
to accept the commission's recommendation of a reprimand. Right. Two of the justices wanted to suspend his law license. Two of them wanted it to be harsher, which is the only reason it was three to two. Including the chief justice, who kind of controls the whole process. And Rokita's response to that, part of what he had to do was accept responsibility for what he did and basically say, hey, I couldn't defend this in a court of law. I accept that I acted inappropriately. Thank you for not suspending my law license. And, you know, I'll try to do better next time. As soon as the ruling comes down, Rokita goes out and issues a press release, flapping his gums, basically going, I didn't do anything wrong. And the only reason I accepted this settlement was to, uh, you know, save the taxpayers a bunch of time and ever, but I didn't do anything wrong. So now there's lawyers out there going, wait a second. You signed an affidavit saying you did this wrong and you you couldn't defend it in a court of law, which is why you're accepting the plea agreement, which is what he accepted. That's exactly what happened. And now you're out here saying you didn't do anything wrong. So you're lying in one of these two places. And if you're going by, I didn't do anything wrong, then you lied on the affidavit. So more complaints were filed in front of the, the disciplinary commission. And now Rokita has had to respond to those complaints. And this response, Brad, if you were to look up how to piss off people who who control your destiny in the dictionary, there would be example A, Todd Rokita's response to the disciplinary say, commission. You want, you want to know who's wasting taxpayer money? <laughs> you! Todd Rokita! Todd Rokita. And this is, it's amazing. Like, we teach our kids, or you should teach your kids, to own their baggage, to own their actions, to accept responsibility for what you've done, accept the punishment that comes with that, and then learn from those mistakes have a little bit of humility and grace when you've been called to the carpet to say yep i was wrong and move on so rokita is you know has been forced to respond to these new allegations from people saying wait a second you have apparently signed a false affidavit which is a huge no-no uh because now you're saying you didn't do anything wrong when in the affidavit you said you did do something wrong perjury and this response to the disciplinary commission by the way abdul has the whole thing up at indiepolitics.org he accused the disciplinary commission. So these are the people who are going to decide, essentially, because let's face it, the Supreme Court is probably going to have no sympathy for you at this point based on the fact that you burned two, you burned three of them who gave you the benefit of the doubt the last time. He accused the disciplinary commission of bowing to, quote, political pressure. Never mind, they're appointed for life. Says it overcharged and is prejudiced against him and was aiding and abetting his political detractors. Mind you, these are the only people (laughs) that can disbar Todd Rokita. (laughs) This would be like you, Rob, talking about how piss poor management is around here and how they all ought to be fired and they suck and you hate working for them. Yeah. And they have no business being in those positions. Yeah, it is. uh, Because, again, while it is a, a court of law, it's not. I mean, the onus really becomes when the disciplinary commission moves forward to the Supreme Court, it is not like a court of law where there's, hey, there's a prosecutor and a defense. I mean, there is, but the Supreme Court takes a lot of weight into what this disciplinary commission says and does because it's attorneys watching over fellow attorneys. So they're setting, these attorneys are setting the standard for themselves. It's like, be like prosecutors on prosecutors. It's not prosecutors and defendants. It's like attorneys on attorneys. And you are insulting the people who are going to make the recommendation that it is very likely, who just gave you the benefit of the doubt, by the way, against 
the advice of two of the Supreme Court justices, and you are just throwing salt right in these people's eyes. I hope they take his law license, Brad. I hope they don't suspend him. I hope they revoke it, because then he can't be attorney general anymore. This guy is the last... I don't care about his politics, and I actually like a lot of his politics. I don't even care about his politics at this point. This guy is a goof. He's a loser. He's a. He has no business being the chief law enforcement officer of the state of Indiana, because... Everything is politics with him. He sees politics before anything else, and he is supposed to be seeing politics less, and he can't own his mistakes. That You know, there there used to be a uh, an article called The Bottom 20 that would always rank the <laughs> bottom 20 college football teams every week. We need to start our bottom three rankings of the bottom three statewide elected officials. We can include the uh, our Congress people as well. Yes. And, yeah, we just need to have a power ranking. I mean, my goodness. All he would have had to do when he got lucky and they gave him the reprimand instead of suspending his law license, which is what two of the justices wanted to do the last time, is simply come out and say, you know, I let my emotions get the better of me. I'm incredibly passionate about defending life. Uh, with my gusto to defend the unborn, I went on Fox News and said some things I shouldn't have. I respect the, the the ruling from the court. I accept this reprimand, and I will certainly do better the next time while still defending life in every single way possible. Now, I just made that up off the top of my head, Brad. He, he's Why a married he? man. Has he not learned the lesson that sometimes you don't agree with it, but you just shut your mouth oh, and you move on? Oh, my gosh. So uh, Epstein's brother is talking, and he sat down with Tucker Carlson, and this is fascinating. We'll play some of the audio. Coming up next, Brad's in for Casey. It's Kendall the Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Something tells me I'm into something.